We're going to be reading this morning from Luke chapter 2, famous chapter that tells of Jesus' birth. It's on page 1590 in your pew Bibles. The words won't be on the screen, so please follow along in your Bibles. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, hear the word of the Lord. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends of Jesus Christ, in the early days of the pandemic, a few years ago, actor John Krasinski created a news program from his home with his cell phone, and he called it Some Good News, or SGN for short. This program uh, featured stories and interviews that were positive, funny, heartwarming, like the story of a lobster man in Maine who caught and cooked 100 lobsters and then delivered them hot and ready to all his neighbors. Or the story of a man named John Klein, who every day of the pandemic sang to his wife of 55 years through the window of the nursing home that she was quarantining in. Some good news features stories like this. And in a world at that time drowning in bad news, it was a welcome bit of relief in an otherwise dark moment. It's amazing how far a little bit of good news can go to to brighten the day. I like good news. When the weatherman says it's going to be sunny and warm, oh yeah, that's some good news. 
Or when Brittany announces that we're having lasagna for dinner, that too is good news. Good news is always welcome, but most good news has a shelf life, like lasagna. It provides us with a temporary boost, but when dinner is done, the dishes need to be done too, and that's some bad news. A lot of good news is like this. It comes and it goes. It lifts our day for a moment, and then it dissipates. But occasionally, some good news comes around that changes things for the better in a permanent way. Like this good news spoken to the shepherds long ago by the angels. Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. This announcement is so much more than just some good news. This is great news. This is gospel news. Evangelion in the Greek. In Jesus' day, Evangelion had a specific use. You see, in the days before YouTube or the CBC, people received breaking news via runners who would be sent out to proclaim it. So if a king wanted to make an announcement, he'd send out messengers to the towns and villages. Or if a general wanted to share news of victory, he'd send out a fast runner ahead of the army that um, the people would know the good news ASAP, that the war was over and the battle was won. Now imagine you're living under the constant threat of war and that your son or husband has been conscripted to serve and it's been years since you've heard anything from the front. No texts, no social media posts, nothing. And then one day you see a messenger cresting the hill. What's the news, you wonder? Hear ye, hear ye, the evangelist says, proclaiming the Evangelion. The war is over. The battle has been won. Now that's better news than just some good news. That's great news. That's gospel. It's news that changes things for the better. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of those who bring news like this. So you need to see the angel here as God's runner, sent out from God to proclaim the news that, well, a Savior has been born. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will produce great joy. This news is going to change things. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Let's take a moment to unpack uh, this good news together. Savior, a Savior has been born to you. What is a Savior? Well, a Savior is someone who steps in to save. When the accountant gives you good advice, he saves you from losing money. When the doctor performs life-saving surgery, she saves you from sickness and maybe even death, at least temporarily. To be saved is to be rescued from a situation, brought out of a predicament, put into a new and safe and better spot. Jesus is a Savior. What kind of Savior will he be? What will he save us from? Well, the answer to that question is that Jesus is going to be an all-encompassing Savior. This is the good news. Not just that Jesus has come to save us from a few things, but to save us from everything. 
Think about all the saving that Jesus did in his ministry. Jesus saved the blind man from a lifetime of blindness. He saved the demon-possessed from a lifetime of possession. Jesus delivered Zacchaeus from a life of crime, and he stepped in to save the woman caught in adultery from the stones that were heading her way. Jesus delivered the crowds from their hunger pains when he broke bread and fed the 5,000. He also delivered them from the sorry state of being sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saved people from sickness and disease, and he even rescued Lazarus from the grave, saving a life and a family from their grief. Everyone Jesus touched and everywhere Jesus went, it seems he was touching and saving and delivering people in all sorts of ways, which of course fits with Jesus' salvific mission. One day when Jesus went to the synagogue, someone handed him the scroll of Isaiah. He opened it and he read from Isaiah 42 these words, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me for what? To save, to proclaim good news to the poor. That's salvation. He sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners. Some good news. Recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he said this in summary, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. A Savior has been born. He's the anointed one. He's been sent by God to do all this work of deliverance. Now, it should be noted that Jesus is not a savior in the way that, say, a genius, a genie is a savior. God didn't send Jesus to save us from our rapidly aging iPhone. Jesus, he sent Jesus, rather, to save us from the things we really need to be saved from, like the world, the devil, and the flesh, like the sin that so easily entangles We've got a lot of problems in this life. We find ourselves in a lot of different predicaments in which we need saving. I mean, we, have, we need an environmental savior. We need political salvation. We need someone who can rescue us from our crumbling health care system, the justice system, and the bonkers cost of owning a home. Jesus will get to saving in all these realms of life. He is Lord, after all, Lord of everything. He has promised to make all things new. But if you trace all the problems of the world, all the predicaments we find ourselves in back to their root, what do you find? The common denominator is that all the problems of the world start right here in the sinful heart of human beings. Yes, we need a, need a new world order. Yes, we need new political structures and the like. But first... First things first, we need to be saved from ourselves. For what good is a shiny new municipal building if it's just going to be refilled with the same politicians? Dr. God has diagnosed the human situation, and what we need saving from the most is ourselves and the consequences of our sins. Sin distorts reality in this all-encompassing way. It separates us from our creator it separates us from each other it leaves us like adam and eve naked and ashamed and hiding in the bushes it leads to psychological sociological spiritual 
And yes, the Bible says, too, it leads to physical death. And ever since the days of Adam and Eve, we've been under this oppressive force, sometimes referred to just as uh, the dominion of darkness or under, uh, under sin and death. It's this terrible, terrible place. We are incapable, it seems, to live up to our own standards for what it means to give a good life, lead, uh, lead a good life, let alone God's standards. Jesus, Jesus did a lot of saving throughout his three years of ministry on earth, but he never took his eyes off the core of his mission, which was to take away our sins and to rescue us from the dominion of darkness. And this he did with his body on the cross. The judgment that we deserve fell upon him, the Bible says, and by his wounds we are healed. In his death by crucifixion, Jesus willingly stepped in to save us from sin. And in his resurrection on the third day, Jesus triumphed over the dominion of darkness, breaking, breaking its hold on things. So with the birth of Jesus, it's this, this new day, this new order has begun. A new power is at work in the world. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now let me ask you this question. When you read this scene in Luke chapter 2, who's in control of this scene? Is it Caesar or is it Jesus? On what one level, it looks like Caesar is in control. I mean, he issues a decree and the entire world, you notice how Luke describes it, the entire world is impacted and has to get on the move to go register and do the census. But notice, too, that at the very moment that Caesar is issuing his decree, that God is making it possible for the new king to be born in the city of David, as it was foretold to happen a long time ago. So as Caesar is pulling his strings and administering his power and doing his thing, God, through Caesar, is working to ensure that his king, the Messiah, Christ, will be born in the city of David. The kings of the earth take their stand, we read in Psalm 2, but the one enthroned in heaven laughs. Don't let the swaddling cloth and the feed trough fool you. The Savior born in Bethlehem is the king. And there is not a government on earth that has been able to keep him down. Everywhere the message about Jesus has gone. There have been people who have experienced saving power, transformed life, a new day. Governments are always trying to put a lid on this thing and it keeps busting out. You cannot keep the king down who has defeated death. Now, there's a lot more that could be said about this good news, this gospel announcement that the angel gave to the shepherds that has changed the world so dramatically. But I want to finish today by pointing us to the personal nature of this announcement. 
Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people, says the angel. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Birth announcements are always some good news, but unless that baby is coming home with you, a birth announcement doesn't really change your life in a meaningful way. But the angel is clear is that the angel is clear that this baby is meant to come home with you and is meant to change your life in a meaningful way. A savior has been born to you, to you. This is really a strange way to make a birth announcement if you think about it. When I announced the births of my children to my former congregation, I didn't say a son has been born to you. No, I said a son, a son has been born to me. Yes, you can hold him, but it's my baby, not your baby, not our baby. But Jesus is our baby. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Here, says the Lord, Merry Christmas. This is, this is my best gift to you. You'll find him wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Mary will take care of him at first, but eventually he will grow up to take care of you. Jesus is the to us baby. He's born unto shepherds and wise men, Gentiles and Jews, men, women, old, young, tall, short, Slave, free, rich, poor, red and yellow, black and white. He's even born to save flora and fauna and to transform this world. It's almost like that powerful moment in The Lion King where, I know I'm using the Lion King analogy here, but I think it's really really a good image, where Simba is born, the new king, the new king of the savannah and the monkey, whatever his name is, lifts him up on Pride Rock, overtop the plain, and all the world rejoices. Here he is. This is your child. This is your king. A savior has been born to you. The real question for us this Christmas, and really always, is will we receive this gift? Will we surrender? Will we come into his kingdom and offer ourselves to him and what he means and intends for us? Will we let him be our Savior and Lord? Maybe you're feeling a little unfit to lead your own life this Christmas. Maybe you're feeling tired of the world. Maybe you're feeling depressed over the person you've become. That's a tough place to be. But I have good news. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And He's not just come to rescue us from these personal predicaments and tough places we find ourselves in. He's come to transform everything 
He is the all-encompassing Savior. It starts with this deliverance from sin and death, but it moves into all the areas of our lives. As he begins to become Lord of more and more places, the transformation just continues out. He's on the throne today, the Bible says, and he's saying, he has said, write these words down, they are trustworthy and true. Behold, I am making all things new. Now, Pastor David, you are really painting this baby born in Bethlehem with pretty rosy brushstrokes. Do you really think he can turn a life around? Do you really think he can transform the world? Do you really believe he can save in this all-encompassing way? The answer is yes. Jesus is God's best. And through, his, and through his subtle swaddling cloth way, he is making all things new and transforming the world. Come under his gracious, gentle leadership, and you will be surprised at the depth of his saving work. He was born to deliver you. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men, on whom his favor rests. Amen. Let's pray together. O oh Lord, what a gift. So subtle, so silent, so quiet and unassuming. You come. And it really captures in a way the kind of ministry you have, this humble, quiet, unassuming, touching hearts, forgiving sins, bringing hope. O Lord, come to us, be born in us. And more so, Lord, we pray that we would have the courage to surrender to your leadership and to accept all that you have for us. Lord, many wonder about Jesus at this time of year, who he is, why he came. I pray that you would lead uh, all who are questioning on the next leg of the journey to discover more about who Jesus is and about how good he is too. Thank you for sending your son. We give thanks, Lord, and with the angels we join uh, in song, in singing glory to you, Lord God, our Father. Thank you for sending your Son. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.